Join me in prayer as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love and the ability to pursue your wisdom with all of our souls. We apologize for marginalizing and overlooking your love and wisdom in our lives. Humbly ask for understanding to gain insight into your perspective. We submit to your love. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. You may have a seat. Start our message time. I'm going to ask you, please bring your undivided attention to the screen to view some thoughts about love. Bring your attention to the screen. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the third key word in this prayer, how Israel is called to love their God. But what does that mean? Love is a very common word in most languages, as it is in ancient Hebrew. It's pronounced ahava. It most basically refers to the kind of affection or care that one person shows another. It sometimes describes physical affection, like the king of Persia's love for Queen Esther. But there are other Hebrew words that more specifically refer to physical desire or sex. Ahava is more broad. So Abraham had Ahava for his son Isaac, that's parental love. Jonathan showed Ahava for his friend David, that would be brotherly love. In fact, a whole group of people can have Ahava for their leader, like when the Israelites showed love for their king David. Ahava can even describe loyalty between political allies, like Hiram, the king of Tyre, loved David. They had good relations, and so Hiram wanted to help David's son Solomon build the temple. These are all different kinds of affection described with the one word, ahava. Now, all of this is helpful for understanding God's ahava in the Old Testament. So in Deuteronomy, Moses told the Israelites, God showed affection for you. He chose you because of his ahava for you. So God doesn't love because the Israelites earned it or deserve it. It simply originates from God's own character. He loves because he loves. This is why Jeremiah can say that God's love is everlasting. It has no end because it has no beginning. God's love just is an eternal fact of the universe. And God's love is not a duty. It's a genuine feeling and affection that God experiences. This is why the prophet Hosea compares God's love for his people to a husband's ahava for his wife or to a parent showing ahava for their child. It's one of the strongest things that God feels. But that doesn't mean that God's love is just a feeling. God's love is also in action. It's something God chooses to do. Like when Moses says, because of God's ahava for your ancestors, he brought you out of Egypt with great power. God's love isn't just a sentiment, it is something God does. And so, in the Shema, Israel is called to respond to God's ahava by showing ahava in return. And just like God's love, human love is to show itself through actions. Like in Deuteronomy 10, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him and serve him and to keep his commands? 
All of these actions are centered around love. If I'm not doing them, I don't actually love God, I just say I do. Which leads to one last thing. In the Old Testament, I show my love for God by how I treat the people around me. In Deuteronomy, we read that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he chose Ahava for the immigrants among you, giving them food and clothing. And so you also show Ahava for the immigrant. So the people are to imitate God's Ahava by showing Ahava for others. This is the idea underneath the famous line, you shall Ahava your neighbor as yourself. And so at the end of the day, all of this is rooted in God's own eternal Ahava. Like we read in the New Testament letter of 1 John, we love because God first loved us. And that's the Hebrew word, Ahava. Amen. God is love. That is going to be our topic this morning, God's love. So before we jump into that particular message, let me say hello. It's good to be with you on this fall Sunday morning. I love fall. I, I don't know what your favorite season is, but if I can pick one season, it's fall for, for me. So enjoying the cool evenings and, and just the, almost the perfect temperature in the afternoon. So so thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. I see we have some new people here. My name is Drake. I'm the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church, and we're so thrilled uh, that you're here. And let me say welcome. Let me sell, say welcome to our guest. Uh, we so appreciate you being here kind of investigating, checking things out to see what we're about. Also, let me say welcome to our regular attendees and then also our membership. And we know this. It's our membership that's truly committed in turning the dream into a reality when it comes to Jesus' movement here in Fort Morgan and beyond. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone this morning. All right, we're going to jump right in to this. So if you would, please turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 22. That's where John was last week with his message. Thank you so much, John, for stepping in uh, and preaching that message on render to Caesar and, and what it means to be grateful in our day and age. Not only that, what it means, uh, hopefully you, you got this out of the message as well, what it means to have proper priorities in your life. That's what rendering to Caesar is all about. And we got to make sure, first and foremost, we're rooted in God's love, as we're going to talk about today. But not only are we rooted in God's love, we have a benevolent attitude. And that's where gratefulness comes from and being thankful and appreciating so many things, everything that God has given us in our reality today. And so thank you, John. I want to personally say thank you. You did a wonderful job. I watched it twice. It was so good. Uh, it was really good. And so I hope you grabbed something, applied it to your life so that then uh, you're growing in, in Christ with these different messages uh, we, we are providing each Sunday. So Matthew 22. Now this begins a three-part, or we're going to say a three-week message series about being mature in God's love, where we get to, on three, everybody say get to. One, two, three. Get to. Oh, come on. We can do better than, than that. On three, everybody say get to. One, two, three. Get to. That's right. We get to do this. We don't got to do it. And if we can have that attitude, I promise you, you're going to understand what fulfillment is in your own reality. But we get to, uh, through all of this, support suffering souls. Don't forget, you have a soul too, and sometimes we suffer. So this three-week message is about um, supporting suffering souls to include our, ourselves. So the message 
Our series title for the next three weeks is called Big People, or we can say Mature People, Support Suffering Souls. That's the name of our series and also our message, part one, two, and three. Again, Big People Support Suffering Souls. So today's message does begin that mini-series that we will dive into for the rest of October, where we are going to uncover the 40th, 41st, and 42nd command or teachings of Jesus. We're going to look at three teachings over the next three weeks uh, in the model that we use here at Elevating Life Church. And if you understand that model, we use the 49 commands of Christ. And the reason we do, seven times seven is, seven is complete, seven is complete, seven times seven, hey, that's complete. Uh, We're at 49. 50 year is the year of jubilee. So that's why we picked that model because it's an awesome model in the sense of uh, when we're developing this, we get to enjoy it, enjoy it. And when it comes around, we get to party in it. Celebration, the year of jubilee. So that's the reason we use that. There's other models. But at the same time, I think we understand this. There's numbers in the Bible, and, and that's not how we interpret primarily. But there is significance behind numbers in Scripture. And we need to realize that. And so uh, in, in my discernment and in my argument in the sense of connecting with other models and all of that, this is the best model. So that's why we use it here. We'll use it uh, until uh, Jesus comes home or, or you guys tell me to go home or something. I don't know. I hope not. I don't think that's the case. But so there you have it. We're going to look at the 40th, 41st, and uh, 42nd command uh, of those commands in the gospel or which are derived from the gospels or the Christian Bible. Now. My target for the next three weeks, we always have to have an aim. You have to aim at something. Otherwise, you're just aimlessly going about life. So my aim with with this series, with this this message, this three-part message, is to give you a deeper understanding of God's great commandments, what it means to await Jesus' return personally and collectively to attain three habits in your character. The next three weeks, these these are the habits or the traits of Christ that we're after to get into our soul so that we can be more like Jesus. Are you with me? Here they are. Enthusiasm, that's a trait we need. Uh, The other trait that we're after is gentleness. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding. We're going to talk about this next week. But gentleness is talking about how to have grace and truth when communicating both with God and others where you can truly navigate all of this in conversation in a way that's going to be credible in the position you stand in as a child of God. So gentleness, if we wanted to say this, if you're in business, you could link it to people skills. We've got to learn how to relate. And that's what that message next week is going to be all about. Love your neighbor. We're going to have to learn how to uh, understand that habit of gentleness and how to navigate the Lord's uh, grace and truth. And then the last habit or trait that we're after, grace with everything that this is, with the 42nd command of Christ, await my return. We're after, this is a difficult one for some people, we're after what is known as punctuality. You know some people that perhaps can be a little bit more punctual? (laughs) You know, one of my pet peeves, uh, if, if, you, if you're a challenging, if you're challenged with this particular trait, meaning uh, you have a hard time getting somewhere on time, 
and other people have to wait for you? That is you know, something you've got to look at because you're actually robbing people of, of time. The reason we start the way we do with our, with our there's you've got to put expectations and we're flexible, but most of the time we start right on time. Because let's say we stop, or excuse me, we don't start, we're five minutes late. And we're going to talk about this in three weeks, but this is so important, I want to emphasize it today. If we're five minutes late, that's five plus five plus five plus five plus five. You're 100 minutes late. Well, in my imagination, with a thousand people, how many of you be? But you can understand, it's very selfish. We've got to learn how to prioritize. That's what John talked about. And well, and we can't blame God. Well, God made me this. No, no. There's habits that we got to get in our character so that then we're a good witness for Jesus. Amen? So there you go. That's, that's, gonna, that's a little synopsis of our next three weeks. Please, please be here. Uh, encourage people to come. Invite people. I promise you, uh, as you always experience here, we'll give you some spiritual food that you can uh, take. Uh, I promise you it won't make you gassy. Well, maybe it will a little bit, depending on who you are and your spiritual walk. And uh, we, can, we can develop and become the big people, mature people, that are helping suffering souls. So let's, let's kind of jump in to this. Are you ready to embark on, on this next three weeks? Are you? If you are, say amen. Here we go. So with that, read with me. The most familiar command of Jesus. In fact, I got familiar highlighted in my notes for this reason. On three, everybody say familiar. Ready? One, two, three. Read with me the most familiar command of Jesus, the great commandment to kick off our three-part message or mini-series, again called Big People, Support Suffering Souls. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, which is known as the Great Commandment. I'm going to read it here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to look at a little bit of the history, but then we're going to cut it up a little bit to take bites so we can get some good spiritual food from this scripture. So Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. We're going to focus on this today. Next week. And the second is like it. John mentioned this last week out of the book of um, Galatians. This is in there. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as your what? Self. Now, he says this, and this has to do with punctuality. If you think about it, all the law in the prophets hang on these two commands, meaning... Old Testament, they're waiting for the Messiah, and the Messiah is going to get there right on time. And they're waiting on the first coming of the Lord in the Old Testament because Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy here. And so we can see where that command, in a couple of weeks, we're going to come into, await, await my return, Jesus says. And it falls right in line with the great commandment in the sense of what that actually means in all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's Matthew 22, 37 through 40, which is going to be our verses for the entire series. So let's look at the first part of the commandment. 
love the Lord your God, which, when properly lived out, as I've already shared, will produce this trait of enthusiasm. Now, I'm going to pause here because I'm not going to really dive deep in this trait. But if you read my devotion series, and I ask you, please do, because it connects you with the teachings of what we're doing here so that you can understand exactly what is meant uh, by enthusiasm with these messages that we're giving with the commands of Christ. Because if we miss the habit of Christ in us with his teaching, we're just, we're just a greasy rag experience, aren't we? We want to become more like Jesus. And if that's not the case, well then, we're just going to chase our tails. We will not experience fulfillment. We will not be happy overall, and success will be just a dream or some fantasy, and that's not what we want. So please, please, please go back. Get onto the website. Uh, if you need a hard copy, please talk to Sherry or one of our team members, and they'll get you that weekly devotion that goes with the teachings. So please, please do that if you're curious about that, that trait known as enthusiasm. Now, to begin this particular moment, uh, or this part of the message, first part, guess what? I have a question for you. If you're shocked, raise your hand. One guy. It's always the smartest guy in the room, too. <laughs> Here's the question, and it's a serious one. Do you feel or sense, do you feel your love, your love and wisdom are connected to God primarily or mankind? I want that to kind of sink in. Let me ask that question again, and I'll uncover it here in a second. Do you feel your love and wisdom are connected to God primarily or mankind? Another way to say this is, is do you feel that the principles of God are motivating you, driving you, is part of your intent in life? His principles. Or are the principalities of society, uh, we'll say politics, education, economics, are those beliefs in those systems a lower system motivating you. And that's what you're after in the sense of wisdom. Because when we have this backward, these questions, when we allow society and culture, be it biological family or any church family, motivate you in a lower belief, you're missing God's love 100%. So this is a deep, reflective question, and we have to think on these types of questions, meditate on them, pray over them, sometimes fast, and even study some principles of God in the sense of the teachings of God so that we can make sure that we are on that straight, narrow path, not that crooked path, which burns out people all the time. Are you with me? So that question again, do you feel... Your love and wisdom are connected to God primarily or man's, mankind. Are you flying right side up or are you upside down? Let's find out. Now, please understand this. Y'all turn the air conditioner on, turn the heat on me. I'm hot up here. 
I'm not just talking about my preaching either. Uh, anyway, please understand this. Let's, let's start this time with this. Let me give you a definition of what Christianity is in the simplest form. What is Christianity? And let's make sure we're on the same page of music when it comes to understanding what it is. And this is what I came up with, with studying God's principles and understanding uh, the grace and truth of Jesus. Here's what I came up with. Christianity is the love and pursuit of God's wisdom through Jesus Christ. I believe we have that. Christianity is, equals, the love and pursuit of God's wisdom through Jesus Christ. If you agree with this, please raise your hand to make sure we're on the same page. You see that? It's very general, and it should be. And we have to come to a mutual agreement so that we are on the same page of music, so we're playing the same song. Now, this is so important to understand because think about it. Christianity is the love and pursuit of God's wisdom. Turn that around, and you don't have Christianity. But there's too many people that are going after wisdom without understanding the love of God or understanding this commandment, number 40. We see so many Christians... I'm after wisdom. But they don't understand the love of God. They're, they're not anchored in the love of God. Remember what Jesus said uh, regarding this statement I just shared. Jesus said, I'm always about my father's... What is his father's business? Say it. Love. God is love. We have to anchor ourselves in that principle, not the principalities or how society and perhaps your family or even some churches define it. We have to be anchored in the Father's business just as Jesus was to be like Jesus. Are you with me? So we have to know what it is. That's known as the spirit of knowledge if you understand the Bible. Now your belief, the fear of the Lord, the delight of the Lord is the truth behind this that then builds up this knowledge-based definition of what Christianity is. And we've got to commit to it. Not only do we need to commit to it, we need to be engaged. This is our priority. The Father's love, and it is the most significant reality or truth in our own reality and truth. Amen? We must... Now, let me say this. I did throw a little bit of enthusiasm in with that definition. Because, don't forget, we must be enthusiastic about this, what I just uncovered. We will miss the mark of attaining sacred or divine wisdom and be left in our misery to die in secular or mankind's wisdom. I promise you, fly upside down and you're in trouble. Does this make sense? Are you with me? There's no getting around it. If you are flying upside down regarding the great commandment or any other principles, there's no doubt about it. If you're upside down, when you pull the joy stick of life, I've said this before, you'll crash and burn into the earthly things of mankind and miss heaven altogether, not only in your faith, but in your life. Does that make sense? Let me say this about crashing and burnings, as so many Christians are doing today. Let me say this. You can say it another way. You say crash or burn 
or going down in flames or just meeting a bitter end in your relationships or reality. Let me say this. It has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with you. And when I'm pointing at you, there's three more pointing at you. Are you with me? Too many people coming up with excuses. Everybody else. It's my circumstances. It's my situation. It's my relationships. Stop. Look at Jesus and understand what that means. Because it is you. Now suppose this is your reality. You're flying upside down. In that case, your, your personal relationship then with God and, and understanding his love is misunderstood. Because I've had several, more than several people over the last couple of weeks tell me how they're burning out. How, 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 you know, they feel like they're going down in flames. And they always are pointing to other people. They're the victims and they have a victim mentality. And that can't be so. It's got to be an understanding. Jesus says you've got to take the beam out of your own eye. Stop judging other people and get your reality right with God so you can grow up and be mature so we can help suffering souls. Be with me. So if you are flying upside down, then what you need to do, and you know that in your soul, you know uh, where you're at with that. I, I, I can't get into your mind, even though sometimes I hear you, your voice comes in my mind all the time, Pastor Greg. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> you guys are in my coaching room are laughing. You know. <laughs> Tell me that all. <laughs> get Jesus's. I, I might have a little style, but yeah, get Jesus's voice in there. <laughs> if this is the case, your relationship with God uh, needs examining, adjusting, or ultimately redeeming. You might not even be a Christian uh, if you expect to understand God's love fully in His integrity, not in our partial ways. So it's time to. I'm going to say this as kind as I can, but it is time to stop with our made-up or fantasized God that resides in most Christians' minds and resurrect the one and true God understood as the Alpha and the Omega, the great I Am, the Holy One, the creator of all things. Just to mention just a few of God's amazing names or identities, which we'll be uncovering more next year. By the way, I'll, I'll give you guys... You guys get the, a little bit of what's happening in 2024. Uh, I was actually writing this out, and God just spoke to me. So next year, what I've decided to do with a, a theme is we're going to look 52 names of God next year. I'm looking forward to it. So then you can understand the purpose behind it, and then I'll help you with some Christian practices uh, that need to be put in place, since, such as prayer, meditation, uh, you know, celebration, and everything that that is in the sense of the Christian practice. And we'll... Be going through that all next year. There, you've got the secret now. Only Sherry knew that, and one other person, Heather, she's my buddy. Uh, so there you have it. We're going to be looking at uh, the identity or uh, all the different aspects of what it means God is love. Does that make sense? So we must fall in love with God's identity, which is love, and pursue now his mind. Now, the only way we can pursue God's mind, first and foremost, is through Jesus Christ. Now, the challenge is the human being known as Jesus Christ lived over 2,000 years ago, so you've got to get a nice narrow road there. 
and find people you can trust here that you can trust to get you on that straight path. Welcome, I'm your pastor. I want the very best for you. I want you to reach your potential in this love. And so follow me as I follow Christ as we get to our potential uh, personally and collectively. Amen? That, that, that's, a, that's a fair ask, right? You all know I'm for you and not against you? I hope you do. So, so with that, uh, let, me, let me share this. How am I doing on time? Another hour? Are you guys hot? My, my wife bought me this new jacket last week. This is a new jacket. It's warm, um, but it looks good on me. That's all I got to say. Thank you, dear, wherever you go. <laughs> all right, earlier, uh, I shared that the great commandment is among the most familiar commands to Christians. We talk to Christians. Let's talk about the great commandment. Boom, they're very familiar with it. Remember I had you raise your hand uh, with that particular word, and we all said on three, familiar. But let me say this, uh, and this is a little risky. You've heard me say this before. Um, because it is the most familiar command, and people are familiar with the different commands, especially at our church, here lies the problem. Familiarity of the command, rather than knowing it, and really being ingrained and committed to it, is the problem. Too many Christians are familiar with the principles of God, and not truly committed or engaged with it. And that is the problem in our church today. Not our church, all church, it's Christianity. Now, what do I mean? Let me make sure I understand. you understand what I mean. I don't mean just familiar, familiar, but I mean presumed familiarity. There's too many, too many Christians pres presuming me, what it is all about. So presumed familiarity with this command and all the other commands has led to being unfamiliar with the command. And being unfamiliar has led to contempt in the church. Who knows? What contempt means? He's in court system. You're in contempt of court. You're in contempt of the faith. Doing your own thing, but let me use one word. It's bad faith. It's wrong. It's bad. Stop it. You're in contempt. We've got too many people living in contempt because they've been going to church their whole life, or maybe they're going to coffee and they're sharing their different perspectives, and this is what it means because this is what it looked like on a felt board when I was in elementary school, and this is what it means to me, and now we fall into the perspective or our own opinions or our viewpoints, and we're missing God's vision altogether. We have to wake up to this reality because there's too many people that are prideful in this wrong position saying, I'm going to tell you about Jesus, and they know nothing except perhaps what uh, the tradition of their theology might uh, have taught, their opinions about how beliefs and truths and knowledge and, and uh, let's say, how things improve. No. I need a credible person in place. But we're too easily duped, and we fall into people who are familiar with the principles of God, 
And then what happens is they come up with their viewpoint and their perspective. They don't have the slightest clue of what it means to be a child of God. And I say that, what's, what's, what's the reality? People are burning out. They're flying upside down. God never wants us to crash and burn. If you're burning out in ministry, if you're burning out in life, it's not God who is wrong. It's us. We need to adjust some things, as I shared earlier. We need to really ask questions. That command, ask, seek, and knock, has to be our reality. And you have to ask and seek and knock with credible people, those who are real and not fake, those who are consistent. Those who are a good example in the sense of what it means to live out uh, the wisdom of life through Jesus. I mean somebody who has the competencies of how to interpret and understand God's word both through his creation and through the word of God. I'm talking about trustworthy. If those aren't the, the elements of a of who you are or somebody else is, you don't have a credible person. We're falling into the enemy's hands, and rather than really uncovering the principles of God, first and foremost, his love. This is why Jesus said the most significant command is love. You will crash and burn if that credibility is not there. And somebody doesn't have your back. At Elevating Life Church, we develop what is known as careless trust. Now, what does that mean? Careless trust is this. And married couples, you might want to listen here, families. Careless trust means when you walk away from me, I have to care less about our trust because you got my back, because you understand God's love. Does that make sense? Careless trust. Let me give you one story here, and then I'm done. You all know I was in the military for 21 years. When I was in Germany, I worked in an area called the WSA. WSA is the weapon storage area. It's about 35 acres. It's a pretty big area. And we had, we had military people, you know, two shifts, excuse me, uh, a day shift and a, and, a, and a second shift, 12-hour shifts. There's about 12 of us. We would go and we would gather together and we'd have our different positions. It'd be two or three people at the position. But you get there. And then when you sit down, you have 12 hours to spend with that other person and yourself. And what would happen often and irritate me more than anything is some airman who has some issue with family, with the wife, spouse. It, could, it was all guys, so can't. sorry, ladies. It's just the way it was back then. So uh, he would come and just bash his wife. It's, it was terrible. Just all the problems are, and, and has anybody met somebody like that at work where they just talk nasty about their spouse? Man, wow. <laughs> and you call this love. And, you know, sure enough, and this person, literally the first sergeant or somebody said, hey, we need to talk because you're out of sorts. But that's the same thing. When we say we're committed to God's love and we're, we're, we're married to this, if you will, and we have brothers and sisters in Christ, and we, we, we do exactly, when we go to Arby's or we go to our friends, we're just like the airmen. Talking, schmack, gossip, as John talked about, slandering, griping and complaining, not focusing on the straits, which is always love. 
So with that, the big walkway is please, please, please stop if you're doing that because we all have our habits. That's all right. We love you, but work on it and make sure that you're speaking uh, good words and you have good actions as we saw in the vi video where it's all about feelings and about actions when it comes to the greatest commandment, which is the 40th command of Christ, known as love the Lord your God with all of your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your soul. I got those mixed up, but you understand what I mean. So church, there you have it, the first installment of this command uh, or this message that I've titled, Big People Support Suffering Souls. We've got to start with ourselves. So don't forget, you're a people. And some of us are suffering, so take care of that. If you have more questions, please come and talk to me. But your action item this week is really reflect on this. Stop doing some things that you might be doing and start feeding good words and have good actions that are going to help other people develop and grow as you're growing. Amen? Amen. There's the message, folks. Appreciate it.